Welcome to my podcast, Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. As the title suggests, in each episode, I talk to an amazing person, somebody who has overcome some kind of adversity. It doesn't mean there's a happy, fluffy ending to everybody's story, but they've managed to get back to their kind of normal and make the best of what they have, whatever it is. Subsequently, going on to inspire others. I hope this episode will help you in the way that it's helped me. Welcome to another episode of Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. And as always, sat opposite me is a very extraordinary man, a legendary man. Um, I'm joined in the studio today by professional dancer and performer. He's the winner of Strictly Come Dancing 2018, having also been a runner-up for four occasions with partners like Susanna Reid, Frankie Bridge and winning with Stacey Dooley. He's currently performing in the musical The Wedding Singer in London, so I have no idea how he actually has time or a voice to be here today. It's Kevin Clifton. Hiya. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and actually saying that, um, I really hope you will have a voice because you're going on stage tonight. Is that right? Yeah, I've got a show tonight. Yeah. yeah wow. At 7.45 where I've got a lot of singing to do. Is it right you're on stage for the whole of the performance? For most of it. Yeah. So I did a musical last year, Rock of Ages, which, which was like it was a really good part, but it was sort of on, on and off, you know. Yeah. Like on, in different bits on this one um, it's called The Wedding Singer and I'm playing The Wedding Singer Robbie wow. Hart wow okay um, and I barely come off stage so yeah it's How quite a lot for that? I suppose physically I'm sort of used to it anyway mm-hmm. um, from just dancing like I've just been dancing 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 obviously strictly but then dance tours and stuff as well um, so physically it's, it's, it's not a problem it, I, I guess it's just the sort of slightly newer thing for me is vocally. Mm-hmm. I have to really look after my vocal cords and I'm really sort of militant. Make sure you drink enough water and go on voice rest enough. Obviously, I'm not doing that today, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of cutting out milk. You know, I'm, I'm now drinking like black tea with honey, you know, and thing, oh, yeah, things yeah, like that. Season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you have to do a proper voice warm up and warm down afterwards. Because and... I didn't even know. I mean, I follow you on Instagram. So I saw when The Wedding Singer was announced mm. and I was like, oh, that's amazing. And I never actually thought, well, actually, I know you as a dancer and we all know you as a dancer, mm. but we didn't necessarily know that you're a singer. And obviously you must be a very good singer to be having this lead role in a Western musical. Yeah, singing's always something that I've been really interested in and I've always fancied the idea of, of doing more than just dancing, doing doing acting and singing and and all of that. Um I've been having lessons for a long time, like about ten years. Um but it was always but one, like dancing just kinda of took over everything. Yeah. Um and Two, it, it was. I didn't really have the the confidence to do it in front of everyone. I was really? like, I, I, I sort of feel like I can do it, and I'm having these lessons. But, yeah. Uh, and when people go, uh, I, I was always in that space of like when people go, oh, oh, do you sing? Mm-hmm. My answer would most of the time be, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm 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 a dancer that does a bit of singing. So you don't want to put that label on it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I sing in case I then open my mouth and everyone thought I was rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's weird though, because like when you watch Strictly, you're like, okay, they're wearing sheer shirts. They're moving across the floor on their knees. They must be confident at everything. Mm. Like if you can dance, you can sing. If you can sing, you can dance. And like, you would just feel like there would be no hesitation. Nah. Yeah. But I'm just not, not generally a sort of overly 
confident person. Mm. Um, I'm discovering more and more that performance is my sort of thing. It's my outlet. Mm. For, like, like when I'm in the moment on stage, just totally absorbed in what I'm doing, that's when I'm sort of at my most confident because I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking too much about you know, what anyone's going to think about it or whatever. I'm just in that moment and I'm fully sort of expressing myself. I guess it feels a lot safer when I'm just me in a crowd of people. I'm usually one of the quietest ones Cause in the crowd. We, But we see that, don't we, with uh, performers and particularly comedians where their role is to be so extrovert and mm. almost eccentric and to be the entertainer that then they are offstage introverted, socially awkward. Yeah maybe even depressive mm. because their job is to be so funny and, and upbeat. But <laughs> yeah. Do you think that goes across into the dancing world of being, a, being a performer? And Definitely. I mean, it's not necessarily everyone, no. but, but certainly I can relate to, to all of that. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely socially awkward. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, and have, yeah, I've had moments of, of um, having sort of depressive elements about me definitely um mm. yeah I've, I've, I've gone through moments of that um whereas when when i'm performing like uh, <laughs> i'm as a performer i'm quite extrovert yeah. yeah yeah i'm quite over the top and and um like i'm a big performer i'm not a subtle performer well you won strictly that's no that's no <laughs> yeah. easy thing to do yeah. is it and, and like dressed as a minion, a minion. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah all of that I'm totally comfortable with in fact maybe even more comfortable with that because I was painted yellow and yeah. had a ridiculous outfit on like there's nothing of me in there it was just the minion you know, so far removed from yeah. your, your yeah, reality yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I suppose that's a nice safety net so like tonight when you go on stage just mm. before you go on what will be going through your mind I go through the same sort of pattern of nerves before every performance is this the same for a western show to like live tv like strictly yeah or is it, so it's the yeah. same thing or, yeah. yeah always the same and, and i'm a bit of a maniac with i have to go through the same like pattern of things oh really what is what's before. your rituals then so this this is madness but i i have to say you, you know you know the serenity prayer like yeah, yeah. serenity to accept things i cannot change my you know? favorite yeah, yeah yeah that so i say that this is really embarrassing but my idol is uh, Robbie Williams? Oh, okay, right. I love Robbie. So, yeah, so yeah. at the end of um, at the end of doing like the, like the Serenity Prayer, I say it's been like Lord grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change, courage to change things I can, the wisdom to know the difference, and then I go and Robbie, give me your energy and let me entertain them. Yeah, <laughs> he has got a stage presence and great energy. Oh, he's the hasn't best. It? He's the best yeah. in the for me. He's the best in the business. Um, um, so I, I say that. Um, jump up and down three times and then bang the floor with both hands and then like explode out and like stretch my arms out. Did you make wide. Stacey do all this every session? No, 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 I don't, don't do it in <laughs> like, front of Stacey. Just kept <laughs> a weird secret. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I do it in yeah. private. Yeah, I, do, I have to do this, like this move where I bang the floor and then stretch my arms out wide. Is it so empowerment I, then? Yeah, it's like a power move. It's like the move that clicks me into being big performer Kevin mm -hmm. as opposed to being... Shy, socially awkward Kevin. <laughs> so you mentioned Robbie. Has there been anyone else as well as him that's kind of shaped your career or that you've like based yourself on or been inspired by? Sort of early days when it, in terms of dancing, I, I used to love watching the likes of Fred Astaire. Mm. I mean, and I know that's obvious, but um, my mum and dad were, were dancers themselves. So, mm -hmm. so like watching them growing up. Did you always know that's what you wanted to do then? Not necessarily. It's just what I've always done. I was like, going to say, have you ever done anything else? 
Not really. Uh, I mean, work, working jobs to fund it, mm. but but not like I was trying to follow a different path. Yeah. Um, so I was sort of born into my mum and dad's dance school, basically, mm-hmm. and watching them, you know, do shows and stuff. And um, I did get to a point later on where I started to hate it. And, oh, that's interesting. Because yeah. it was... It's always there or I think I started to question whether it was my choice to do it or whether it's just what I'd always done. Yeah. Um and also I was hating the competition world okay. a lot. There's a lot goes on in the competition world that I don't like. Like a lot of, sort of a lot of politics, um and you know um and but also from a creativity standpoint, I felt like the aim all the time was to win this competition. Yeah. Not to dance your best. Okay, so it, it was, took the, f- <clears throat> the fun out of it? Or yeah, the- it, it, I felt like I was only dancing to please the judges. Yeah. Um, we all know how that feels. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It became only about that. So like, it became box ticking. Mm. I'm dancing to tick these boxes so that they'll mark me first rather than sixth or, you know, whatever. And you um, hold titles, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And, Ta- come on then, tell us the titles. Uh, I, like, I won British championships wow. and, uh, you know, international championships sort of all, all over the world. And like it was going well, mm. competitions, but I just wasn't enjoying it. Um, and and I felt like I wanted to dance in a certain way, and I'm I'm quite a expressive, almost messy dancer. Okay. And and I felt like to win the competitions, I had to rein all of that in, and felt like I wasn't really expressing much. Yeah. And I wasn't entertaining anybody. For me, it's about entertainment, mm-hmm. and and I felt like no one was being entertained by anything I was doing. I didn't really like my own dancing. And um, is it really key to hold on to that love and passion then? I think so. I mean, it depends what you want. If 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 what you want is the career of win the title and um, then go on to earn lots of money out of being a teacher, teaching other competitors, if that's what you want, then that then that's what you want. And I, and I think at the time I couldn't work out why I hated it so much. I was like, I just and I thought, oh, I hate dancing. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and I and I actually quit. That's but, sad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I said, I, I was like, I'm not having it anymore. I don't, I don't want to do it. And, and then, what would you have done had you not been a dancer? I didn't know at the time. I probably would have looked for something in the performing world. Yeah, you know, gone more into sort of acting and singing. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I just decided that this isn't for me anymore. Um, and then it was only when I saw. Um, well, two things happened. I, I saw Matthew Bourne's Edward Scissorhands oh, yes, production. Yeah. And I just, because everyone was going, go and see things, go and see the ballet, go and see this, go and see that, get inspired again. And yeah. none of it was inspiring me until I saw that. And it, because and it was so story focused mm-hmm. rather than trying to impress us with lines and aesthetics and, you know, all of that. It was like it was. It felt like they were really telling us something, and it was coming from their heart. Like I, I just, like I, I got really inspired by that, and I was like, surely there's a way I can use what I'm doing to do that. That narration, yeah, and ra- communication, rather and- than just go look. I've got straight legs. Yeah, mark me first. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, um, there was a company called Burn the Floor, who um, asked they asked me to go out and have a look at what they were doing. And, so this um, is how it works. They seek you. You don't seek them. Well, they certainly... Cons- I knew of Burn the Floor, yeah. but they certainly got in touch with me. It was Jason Gilkison who works on Strictly mm-hmm. Come Dancing. Um, he, Lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. So he was running the company and he was choreographing and directing Burn the Floor. And he said, come out and have a look at what we're doing. And it was just this like bunch of dancers who 
in the same as me, were a bit disillusioned with the competition world. Yeah. And they were creating a show rather than a competition <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and said, just, you know, come and join the company. So I did. And, um, and then that just sort of lit a fire under me and I carried on dancing from there, basically. So how do you end up on Strictly? What happens? You, you get your audition or they ask <clears throat> yeah. you to... So I, I'd, I'd always thought Strictly would be a good idea because... Like as far as I was with Burn the Floor, I was loving it. I, mm. I was loving every minute of it. Um, and that was performing on stage, performing touring. On, yeah, touring. We yeah. ended up doing Broadway and West End, oh, and, wow. and, and we did you know international tours all around the world. We were performing, and it was great. And I just loved it. But I also thought this isn't going to be there for me forever. I'm not going to be able to do this forever. My body won't let me do mm. this to the level that I'm doing it at the moment. It's a really physical show. And you were in your twenties then? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I was thinking. I can't, a baby then. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was thinking I can't just do this forever uh, because there'll come a point where they don't want me anymore and then what? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, Strictly Come Dancing is a big deal on, on is TV. It, is it peak and, for, for a dancer? Is that the creme de la creme? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a really higher, big deal. No, it's a, it's a really big deal to be on a show like Strictly. And, and, and I thought... You know, also it will open some doors to, to other things as well. Um, first of all, I got in touch with um, a load of dancers that I already knew on the show. Okay. Can you give me a contact? You know, how do I go about, you know, getting on straight? No one was giving me an inch. Like, no one was giving me anything. Well, we just talked <clears> earlier <throat> on your podcast about this industry and sometimes yeah. people are warm, sometimes people are cold. Yeah. It, it, it's very competitive, is that right? Very competitive, yeah. And because they all come from that competition world, um, whereas say jazz dancing is very much about getting in shows being right. being in musicals being in dance shows or street More dancing community than yeah, yeah yeah you do it in classes whereas in ballroom dancing you have private lessons to for a teacher to tell you how to beat the one who's having a private lesson over there so it's secretive and yeah 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 so no one was giving me an inch on strictly and then i don't know someone had said oh you should email this person and then finally had a, a, an in and i was on tour with burn the floor in America, I think it was, and had a Skype meeting with Strictly. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous? Yeah. But in my head, I'd already decided what they probably wanted from it. Rather than just being me, mm. I thought they need someone who they're going to be impressed by. Mm-hmm. So, and at the time, I was, I was really gothy. Yeah. So, so I had yes, like long, I heard bla- this about long you. black hair and eyeliner and yeah. black fingernails and all of this. And, and I thought they're going to they're gonna see me as a bit of a like, the rock and roll guy of the ballroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous to even say it now, but like, so I, I was all like that in the interview, and I was like, you know, um, ballroom dancing need needs a shake up, and I'm the guy to give it to you. Guys. I'm sure you have that <laughs> cool now. That would have yeah, been so yeah. good. Yeah, like you know. I was all like that, and clearly they had no need for this emo kid. You know, like, <laughs> Do you mean they came off the Skype thing like, what the fuck was that? Who the hell <laughs> was that guy? Like, um, so I didn't get the job. That was for, oh, right. that was for the 2012 series. But this is interesting because I do that. I still, I think I do still do it now. I go somewhere where I'm pitching and I want to be accepted, and I dress for the person. Yeah. So I'm like, well, these people are serious and intelligent, so I should wear my intelligent jumper. Like, or, yeah, like, totally. These people work yeah. in the beauty industry and they're glamorous, so I should wear my sparkly jumper. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like, no, you should just be who you are. Mm. But you always want to be enough, and like, you want the job so bad that you try to kind of fit. the yeah. You can't guess the criteria. No, you but, you, but you try and preempt what they're thinking yeah. and try and be that. It doesn't work. Like, no, and that's what I've 
like it's what I've struggled with for for so long. Is mm. like always like this, trying to put on this mask of what I think other people are going to want all the time. It's only actually recently that I'm starting to get a little bit more in touch with who I am. Yeah. Um, Because I think it's exhausting, right? Because people don't know what they want from you. You have to show and tell them. Mm. You know, they don't know you. So you have to present and say, this is me and this is what you'll get from me. Yeah. So the next year, the auditions came around for for Strictly. Uh, Burn the Floor was in London and they came and had a look and they said that they were going to have this sort of audition day. I'd found out from someone on the inside that like that was their problem with me was like the image. Oh, okay. Like, all the all the makeup. So it's and good you'd got the tip off and, then. and all of that. Yeah. So I went in and did the same thing, but just went the other way. So I cut all my hair and preppy. Got yeah, I went all yeah. prep like I had my glasses on and a side part in and a tie. You know, like I went as Anton Dubeck as I could go. They probably didn't and, even recognise. No, you. I don't think they did. No. And um and it was I went this and, new guy. Yeah. It was um, Jodie Prenger that they'd brought in for the day right. to basically be like a stand-in celebrity. Mm-hmm. We had to do 20 minutes, half an hour of waltz and cha-cha with this person, show them, and it was all filmed, and then have That's a chat intense. to camera afterwards. And Yeah, it was like a like a training day of Strictly. Because like, also you're judged on your personality, isn't it? Yeah, they're looking at how you're interacting with the partner and, and how you can talk to a camera and all stuff like that. <laughs> I was in there just being as... As opposite to being a goth as I could be. <laughs> and then I still got a no oh, um, right. for, for the second year running. Uh, I got told no. But then they said, we're, look, we're going to, um, there's a chance that we're going to have 15 celebrities this year rather than 14. I was like, no, this, this is not going to happen. I've already been told no twice. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this, none of this is going to happen. But you kept trying. Yeah, and, and, and I'd actually said that I just wanted to be around and just work. I just wanted, I'd, I was willing to sort of take anything, you know, mm. I'll do anything. I just want to work. Um, so I said, look, if I'm around, if you want any like assisting choreographers or right, any, okay. anything like that, just, you know, use me. And they used me for the trailer that year. Um, mm. the, the concept was that all the pros were dancing with like an invisible partner and it was like, who's it going to be? Who's oh, their partner going to cool. be this yeah. year? And so like the girls were being thrown up and, and spun around and, and you know, the guys were doing things and it was all with this invisible partner. And that invisible partner was me in a morph suit. Oh, why did yeah. you get these roles? Morph, minions? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I was just willing to do it because I was like, I just wanted to be in front of them and trying to work hard and like, I'll do anything you want me to do. Yeah, like, I was very much like that. Is this a thing that's been installed in you through childhood, like this work ethic then? Yeah, I, I think my mum and dad put that into me from very early on, mm. like, like just my dad was always saying to me like it's it all comes down to hard work you know you put that they can be the most talented person in the room but that they can always be outworked by someone you know it's really true yeah yeah yeah. and then I got a call from them um after that trailer saying we are going to um 15 couples there's an extra space opened up do you do you want it what's the real phone call yeah and 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 I just couldn't believe it. I Let said, me think about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and, and I said, yeah, that, wow, amazing. And they said, right, you start on Monday. Like oh it was God. that close to the season starting. And then Monday I was in there and they were asking me all my measurements for costumes. And wow. What year was this? Or 2013. How old were you then? I would have been 31 that year, I think. To, so around is it, 31. Is it dramatic like. to say from <clears> that moment on, your life changed forever because mm. 
I don't know how you label it, but there is a transition from professional dancer to celebrity, public figure, public mm. property. It's definitely a different role from Burn the Floor or oh, yeah. the competitions. Like, did it, was it over? Because it is the most watched show, right? Yeah. So it is in a way overnight fame. Like, what did, what was your experience of that? So the first thing that happened to me was there was five new pros that year and Bruce Forsyth was doing this sort of joke about they all had long names. It was like Alyash Skoljanets from Slovenia. And he was trying to pronounce all, all, all his names and he went, oh, finally one that I can say, Kevin from Grimsby. Oh, God, that's, how, that's it how it started. It almost became like a character. Yeah. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Also from something else. How did we get here? With Claudia Winkleman and Professor Tanya Byron. In these in-depth one-on-one therapy sessions, we dig deep into personal stories with fascinating and emotional revelations. A passionate, insightful, and moving experience with clear outcomes to each episode. He is as anxious about attachment with you as you are with him. Oh, wow. That's crazy, isn't it? Oh, that's a weird feeling. Wait, so... Oh, God. Don't you just feel like, whoa, why didn't I know that all along? Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast apps. What about the next stage of people knowing your name that you don't know? And that, like, Mm. you know, you're going to Sainsbury's and everyone stops you or gives you their opinion or asks you the results. You know, it's it's, it's a transition. Yeah, I think at at first, like your very first experience, you're sort of excited by it. It's it's sort of, you know, people people are asking for my autograph. That's new, you know, like... It's flattering. Yeah, it's flattering and and exciting. And and, uh, suddenly you've you've gone from being a ballroom dancer doing competitions to... You're on TV on Saturday night, prime time, BBC One. You know, and yeah. it's all it's it's all very exciting. But then, my first sort of like taste of it was I was dancing with Susanna Reid, oh, um, yeah, yeah. my my first year, and I watched her go through this transition of like w- w- what was happening with the press mm. and I, and you know when you don't know about the press you just think oh what's everyone moaning about? You're a celebrity, get on with it. Mm-hmm. You know that's your attitude towards everything. And then I saw with her this. Excitement about Susanna. Oh, oh, Susanna's doing well. Could she possibly go all the way to the final? Let's get behind her. And there was all this sort of championing of her. And then all of a sudden, towards the final somewhere, it turned. Yeah. And I think it was around the time she was going to be moving over to ITV from BBC. Mm -hmm. And it was like, how dare you take a job, another job, woman? You know, it was like that sort of... The worst thing in the world. Yeah, it was like that sort of an attitude. And then some things happening in her personal life after that. And then, so Mm. they wanted to hear from me about it, like I had any idea or like I had anything to do Weird position to be in. Yeah, so suddenly people were turning up at like... Some from, you know, national newspapers were turning up at my mum and dad's house, you know, to my accountants or... 
Really? Things like that. And I was like, what, what's happening? What's this all about? What, what's, I don't know what's going on here. And you start seeing the sort of twisted headlines about things and you go, oh, mm. I don't know how to cope with this. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just actually, a balloon dancer. <laughs> that's the thing, because when you look at like all of the pros, the guys and the girls, you're all very different, different backgrounds. And I don't know why, for whatever reason, but some of you seem to generate more interest than others in the press mm. like, and again it's a weird word to say but some of you are sort of more bigger celebrities than others <clears> and it's like I don't know why it just kind yeah. of have and you seem to have this crazy thing where people are quite intrusive about stuff of you that's yeah. not really relevant to Strictly mm. it carries on after the Strictly's finished and you know I, but I don't see you as someone that seeked extra celebrity no. you're not particularly um you're not falling out of nightclubs <clears throat> drunk. You're not no. like massively extrovert in that way. No. So, like, is that weird and hard? Yeah, it, like, it is. Yeah, I, I often, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't seek it out. I turn down a lot of like. You like know, you're not crazy we, showbiz, like kind no, of. You know. No, I'm not very good at sort of turning up to events and stuff. Like you, you know, because um, I don't know how to behave there. I don't know how to. It's it's the yeah. social it's the social awkwardness that I'm scared of more than anything. It, it, it's just that I don't you know everyone's there looking great and being like hey babes two kisses and yeah, I'm, I know. I just don't know how to do it. Yeah, it's, it's difficult because you, you on on one level having you know being in the public eye and and having a, a degree of you know just having people know who you are mm -hmm. sort of affords you opportunities that you might not get. Otherwise, yeah, you know, and um, that's absolutely true, definitely, yeah. Um, but on the other side, you're sometimes just going, what? I don't know what I've done to you, like, why, why, why leave me alone? Yeah, I think yeah. there was a stage where I remember seeing like articles of you in the Daily Mail going for a coffee, and it was like a headline of like going for a coffee, and yeah. I was like, yeah, he's going for a coffee, guys. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is crazy. And um, the show's finished now. Like, you yeah. know, you're on your tour or you're on your break or you're with Rock of Ages, you know. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's like, something as stupid as has gone for a coffee or sometimes it's just a complete lie yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the that's the weird one when mm. you go like oh okay they might have heard on the grapevine still got it wrong but they've heard from someone who knows someone who knows someone that maybe mm. kevin might have said this at some point and mm. you go okay that's what they're trying to do there i, I remember reading one thing um we'd just done it was the bruce forsyth um memorial like like sort of tribute show oh, at, yeah. at the Palladium and Strictly did a, a a bit there. You know, you'll get sort of two tickets and oh, I gave, nice. gave them to my mum and dad and they, they came down, come to the Palladium, you know, yeah. it was all really nice. Afterwards, we went for a pizza opposite and just, you know, chatted away. I had a nice little night, the three of us, and Catch then I dro up. dropped them off at their hotel and then went back to mine and went to bed. I woke up the next day and there was a really detailed account of how I had left the Palladium, still with my dance outfit on. I'd turned up at the, I think they said it was the Brits after party. Right. I'd snuck in <laughs> to the Brits after party, taken my bow tie off. This is random. And then listed some celebrity girls that I'd apparently spent the evening in a dark corner with. And none of this was true? I'd literally gone to Bella Italia opposite with my mum and dad for a pizza. I had a margarita. I had yeah. a margarita and gone home. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't know even know where to start with this. I don't know where 
what the so purpose of this is. How do you deal with it? Because at the moment, there's something, you know, we're in 2020 at the moment and there's been a horrible kind of start to the year mm. in the really tragic passing of Caroline Flack. Yeah. And it's raised a lot of questions around the way everybody treats one another, not just the media, but the public and just mm. in general and like the, the, the assumptions we make and some people can't deal with it. And, mm. you know, ha have you ever been in that place where you've really struggled and, and, mm. and thought, do you know what, dance is my passion, but what's all this crap that comes with it? Yeah. A couple of years ago, I, I was in, you know, I, I hesitate when I say a real tough spot because it's all relative like, and, and everyone goes through their stuff. But for me, from, you know, for what I was experiencing and, and in my life, it, it was it was really tough. Yeah, um, you can't diminish your personal pain. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I was really struggling, and there had been a couple of things happen in my private life. You know, I'd gone through a breakup and and and, and all of this, and and I was just really struggling. And mm. and because um, they probably don't prepare you for this at dance school. No, no, they're, 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 you're just, you're just learning how to move your hips and straighten yeah. your legs and 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 stuff. And um, and it felt like, you know, media was sort of almost out, out to get me. They were writing things that they, I don't know whether they believed it to be true or whether they were just looking to make a story, I don't know, but they were writing all, all this stuff and it's horrible. I, I suppose you, you have to sort of experience it to, to understand it because a lot of people, like I would have thought before I was on Strictly Come Dancing, it's like, oh, what are, what are celebrities moaning about? Mm -hmm. You know, they've got nothing to moan about. They're living this fancy yeah. life. And oh, God, Shut they up, want to write some it? pieces of paper. Oh, it's tomorrow's yeah. chip paper. Da, 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 da. But when you're constantly seeing things written about you that you know isn't true, but it just feels like they're attacking you or, the, mm. or at least they're painting you to be a certain type of person mm. that you know that you're not. And then it's not just you, like your family's reading it. Like, like you know, my mum was seeing these yeah. things and, and having people turn up to the dance school and going and, and saying, oh, I've seen this about Kevin yeah. and, and her having to deal with it. And she's not equipped to deal with no, it. No, that spills into other territory. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think people don't realise, you know, people go onto social media mm. and, and say their bit on social media and who, you know, they've read something in some newspaper and they think they know the situation mm. or they think they've got an opinion on something and... And and it just feels massive, uh, yeah. And, and it's it's really it's really difficult to know how to do it, how to deal with it. And and you can say, oh, it's tomorrow's chip paper, all you like, but it you're human. It's not always that easy. I mean, I find for me, like when I get negativity, it's not so much affecting my family directly because my negativity would be around my appearance and I can get immune to it mm. and then you could just be having a bad day and someone could say something mm -hmm. and you could be like oh I don't feel like going out for that lunch with friends because I feel I feel not worthy anyway and mm. I've just read that and it's just it's the wrong day to mm. read that and yeah it just changes it like other times it's fine and you're just like I'm used to this crap like who cares you know it just yeah. I think it really just depends you know yeah and and um and and I was having moments of like, God, I don't I don't know whether to just walk away from all of this. Like I I don't know. I wondered that, as in, like you're similar age to me. You're, you're 37. Would you ever leave Strictly? I mean, it has to happen at some point. I don't see myself doing this when I'm 40. What's life expectancy in a career for a dancer then? Um. I mean, well, Anton de Beck's there. He's the uh, sort yeah, of exception yeah. to the rule, isn't yeah. he? Um, like, they need to make him a judge. I right, really yeah, want that yeah, to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, d I don't see myself doing that. Like, mm. like when I'm the same age as Anton. Like he, he obviously just 
just loves it and, and wants to carry on doing it. I, I don't see that for myself. Um, but it's interesting, at the start of the interview, you touched on being on Burn on the Floor in yeah. your 20s yeah. and being conscious of, like, I can't do this forever or I've got to do other things. And that's quite a mature outlook because most people are kind of in their heyday, loving life. They're yeah. dancing, they're 20, they're invincible. Yeah. And that was something that I started to learn about you when I was a contestant on Strictly, that we had this mutual friend, uh, Rob Moore, yes. who's this massively successful property guru guy. Mm. And that actually you're, aside from being a dancer, you're a businessman, you're an entrepreneur. And, you know, this sounds a bit judgmental, but that's not something you'd expect a dancer to be. <laughs> yeah. It isn't, is it? No, I, I know, know that's a really bad thing yeah. to say, but... And I, I remember thinking, oh, Kevin knows Rob Moore. Oh, God. And then I started to learn a little bit more about you. And yeah. I mean, I guess people don't know this side to you. Yeah, I, I'm a property investor and um, I don't like the label of, of, of just being a dancer. Mm. Rob Moore has the, disrupt, the Disruptive Entrepreneur is his podcast. And I've mm. been listening to that um, for quite a while. And I also had a, a mate of mine, Tommy Franzen, who's one of the best dancers I know, mm. um, who, you know, I would think would never have to think about anything else except dancing because he's just that good. And um, he had this property portfolio when we were on tour together. And I was asking him about that. Um, you know, what, what's this about? And he was saying, oh, you know, just for when, when my dancing career isn't there for me anymore, I'm doing this other stuff. And a couple of years later, I got back in touch with him. Um, and asked him about it because I felt like doing it. Yeah, I'd read a book on it, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad, and, yeah, and um, popular book. Yeah, and uh, he recommended I go to some event, and Rob Moore had, happened to be speaking at this event. And from there, I was like, okay, I, I want to, I want to learn more. And Rob became my mentor. I, um, I basically bought like a year's worth of mentorship mm -hmm. from Rob and then that's sort of like continued now and, and now now to this day he, he's sort of a, a business mentor of mine and I whenever I have any big decisions to make I always call him really yeah. what a great relationship yeah that's just just for some advice yeah. yeah that's so cool because I suppose in a world where there's no security you've created um some financial freedom or, or like an income source and I always think we talk a lot about money in society and what does it bring, what does it not bring. Mm. And I always think if money brings security, you're free to act with integrity. Yes. So I always think for myself, I love working in telly and I love writing. Mm. But there might come a day where people don't love watching me or reading my books. So I don't want to have to do things that I don't really believe in or kind of forced to do just for money. So if I kind yeah. of make these other pathways, I can always act with the integrity that I want to. Exactly, know? yeah. Uh, like Because I think people see money as this, like, evil thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the root of all evil, you know. Um, they they think it's it's a bad... Or, or if somebody wants money, then mm. that must make them a bad person. But I think, really, they're just... What they're talking about is people who want money so they can just buy material things to show off with, mm -hmm. you know, is is like is the thing that they're talking about but even that if that's what people want to do that's what people want to do mm. um but i think you're right if your passion in life is you want to find a cure for a particular type of cancer mm. you need money to do that yeah of course there's some things that i want to that i really want to do um but that will mean that i need to take some time off and not accept a few jobs mm -hmm. Um, What's those things? Well, I, w I want to write a TV drama. I'm meeting writers at the moment about the ballroom competition world. Oh, cool. Oh, spicy. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, about some is... of the real stories that yeah. go on and stuff. And, and I, I want to 
meet writers and 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 really you know based on some of my stories and my sister's story my family's mm. stories so my next question was going to be what is next for you because you do seem very ambitious you are strategic you're not just kind of existing and dancing and seeing what happens next but mm. maybe that answers the question of what next does uh, it yeah i mean there's there's that the tv drama there's um there's a, a other um acting and singing projects that I want to do I'm, I'm really enjoying acting at the moment mm-hmm. um, so I'd love to do more of that there, there's sort of show ideas that I'd love to get made because when you're not on Strictly we all think of you guys as having downtime but yeah. is that not a thing that's what like, everyone thinks it's like ironing like, sequin clothes no, and like... <laughs> and I never stop I haven't had a holiday in ages why because I always fill up my time mm. you, keep, you like that yeah I do like it um but I also keep saying I need to, I need to take some time off and need to book a holiday. Actually, I like. I had a week off immediately after Strictly. Where did you um, go to Grimsby? <laughs> um, me and me and Stacey went to New York for the week. Proper like, holiday between yeah. Strictly and Christmas. Yeah, well, that, I feel um, like you've deserved that. Yeah. Yeah, and then went to Grimsby for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I must just ask you about the Strictly journey because mm. obviously we were. I was on the year you were and I was a contestant as well. So yeah. I started at the start with you guys and I remember Stacey like excited, self-deprecating, nervous, unsure. <laughs> yeah. Would she, she, you know, she didn't know. And I just wondered like, did you know at any point in that journey she could win this? I think maybe towards the end there was a feeling that it was possible. I still mm. didn't think it was going to happen. I thought it was a 1% chance. Right. Um, <laughs> Cheers for the confidence no, if she's listening. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought she was doing great and I thought she was, like, especially towards the end, like producing great stuff. Mm. Um, like, she really improved. I, I just thought that Joe Sugg was going to win. Yeah, um, I think I really, we all did. Yeah, because yeah. I, really, I really loved what he was doing as well. And he's, yeah, he's such he a great kid. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really liked Joe and, and, and Diane as well. And there was such a great partnership and, mm. and he improved and... I don't know, just from like past experiences of Strictly, mm-hmm. you sort of sometimes can see like they seem like they could be the winner. They fit, like, like yeah. They f- yeah. yeah. And, and it, it just felt like he was on that path to winning. But then the week of the final, um, we had a moment where Stacey got really sort of down and was like, oh, you know, I don't know what my place is here. And, and it's hard. You know, the, the two girls, Ashley and Faye, are just phenomenal to watch. Yeah. And I'm never going to be like them. And... And uh, I think Joe's going to win, and I'll be. And she was saying I'd be really happy for Joe to win, but oh, I just, I just her. don't know what my place is in the final. And so you start doubting, and yeah, yeah. and but then I just said to her, um, you know what? Let's just park all of that, and just like the fact is, we've made the final. We're here. Let's just go out and just. Do all we can do is do our best mm. and and enjoy ourselves. And did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt really sick watching you because you know when they're about to announce it, you get that sicky feeling. Of like, <laughs> who's the one? Who's the one? I can't call it. I can't call it. There was a moment where I looked when we were about to be presented with uh, you know who was going to win. The four couples are stood there, and I was we were stood on the end, and my mum and dad were sat just to the left of oh. me. And I turned round and I looked at my dad and I shrugged my shoulders with a sort of like. Here we are again. Like, yeah. I, I just everything in me knew that it was going to be the fifth time that I was in the final, but not winning. Mm. I'd set out to enjoy the final and did enjoy the final, but also thought the only way that we can win is if the judges are really on our side here. Uh-huh. And they weren't. We were bottom of the leaderboard in the final. Oh, of course, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So there was that jeopardy. It's quite yeah, exciting. Yeah. It was like, there's, there's no way. My dad just shrugged his shoulders in a sort of like, don't worry, you know, it's all right. We've been here before kind of yeah. way. 
And then um, Tess went, Stacey and Kevin. And it was like, just, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just fell to the floor and, and Stacey put her head in her hands. And I think we all were like <clears throat> quite emotional. Stacey's mum invaded the pitch. Yeah, yeah, like, I remember. <laughs> she like rushed up. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So where's the glitter ball now? Where'd you keep it? Um, it's on my bedside table. Oh, really? Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's so cheesy. That's one it? hell of an ornament, uh, it's right? It's really embarrassing, yeah. but yeah. That, no, but you worked for it. You yeah, know, it's yeah, a great it's achievement. Some, um, we get these little little sort of replica ones to yeah. take home. Um, Stacey had hers pinched. Really? On the after party. Did she get another one? Um, I got her another one for her birthday. Yeah, oh. I got in touch with, with the BBC and said, look, she's had it pinched. Oh, my God. Yeah, and we had her another one made. Where does she keep hers then? Um, it's on a, it's on like a shelf in her, in her flat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, um, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been so great to get to know more about you and relive some of our Strictly moments yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word. Rate and review the show where you got this or share on socials.